Flooding, devastation, and courage. Despite the horrible news from Kentucky, we can still find goodness. Nathan Day is being hailed as a hero in the sleepy little town of Heinemann. He helped save nine people from the rising waters. It was three in the morning when Nathan Day heard from his neighbor. She asked him to save her family. Day says he didn't know about the flooding until he went outside and saw the devastation. So Nathan and his wife, Crystal, waded over to save the neighbor's two daughters and five grandchildren. He then went to save two of his childhood teachers who lived alone in his neighborhood. When asked why he risked his life for these two women, Day said these two truly care about everyone that's around them. And that stuck with me my whole life. Even more amazing is the fact that Jesus came to rescue us when we didn't love him. What a savior. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here on a Wednesday, we're continuing our series this week called The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. I say it a lot, but I wonder if you've ever thought just how the great story is all about Jesus. Sometimes it can be a challenge to see how that works. That's just me being honest with you. It's easy to see how the Gospels or the Epistles relate to Jesus, don't you think? But sometimes the Old Testament seems less clear to us. And you know, I think there are three reasons for this. For one thing, God revealed himself more and more as the years went on. So John the Baptist knew more than Isaiah, who knew more than David, and so on. Without the New Testament, things are not as clear. But the second reason is that you and I are not ancient Israelites speaking Hebrew and living in the Promised Land. Some of the things that would have immediately made sense to them are completely foreign to us. So we have to study the background of God's Word a little more than the original audience would have. But the third reason might be the biggest. We don't know the big story of the Bible as well as we should. Oh, we know a lot about the trees. Some of us can tell you which king of Judah did what and which disciples were fishermen before Jesus called them, but we can also get lost in the forest, can't we? But once we begin to see that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, well, we're headed on the right track. I want us to think about the book of Daniel in these next minutes together. What's the main point of the book of Daniel? How does that lead us to Jesus? And to help us do that, we're joined once again by Dr. Michael Williams. Daniel's friends who delivered Daniel from the lion's den, who asserted his and demonstrated his authority over Babylonian kings and Persian kings. The same God who demonstrated his authority and power over death itself by raising his son from the dead. That God sends us forward with his power to communicate his message. Michael Williams, an Old Testament scholar, a Bible translator. Michael will be back with us again in just a moment. And then after the program, I want to send you a copy of Michael's book. It's called How to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens, with four pages for each book in the Bible. He shows the theme, where it was written, why it was written, and most important, how it points us to Jesus. I know it will enhance your Bible study, just like it did mine. 
So for your gift to the ministry, Haven Today will send you How to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Our number to call in a little while is 865-HAVEN. 865-HAVEN. Or go online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you wanted to, but just haven't had a chance to, we still have the deluxe edition of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Every story whispers his name. With the audio version of the book also included, that's read by David Suchet. Get it online or ask for it when you call. Now let's get started. This Haven Today opens with Meredith Andrews. Yes, you are the one who 
Your Kingdom Reigns. Haven Today, opening with Meredith Andrews and a program called The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for taking part of your middle week to spend with us. Well, you know, one of my favorite Old Testament books is Daniel. And there's nothing else quite like it, is there? It tells the story of four young Hebrew men captured in Jerusalem, sent off into exile in Babylon. There are miracles and conflicts and even a den full of lions. And there's another part of the book, too. Daniel receives all kinds of strange visions from the Lord. What's all that about? What ties this book together? And how does this book point to Christ Jesus? Well, here again with me is my friend, who's also an Old Testament scholar and Bible translator, Dr. Michael Williams. Thanks for joining us again. Sure. Michael, you really believe you can find Jesus in all the Bible. So with that in mind, we're thinking about the book of Daniel today. What's the main point of the book? How does it take us to Jesus? It's very easily stated in one sentence, uh, and then I'll explain it. God asserts his authority over human kingdoms. And we see that because it certainly doesn't look that way at the beginning. Uh, Daniel is a young boy when the Babylonians uh, conquer Jerusalem and take away captives, and among them is little Daniel. And he's taken away to Babylon and forced to serve Nebuchadnezzar. So you wonder what Daniel's thinking. Yeah, uh, God is in control of human kingdoms. Here I am in a foreign country. Mine's just been conquered, and I'm forced not just to live here, but to serve the guy who conquered my country. Mm. I'm sure it didn't seem that way to Daniel, but he's faithful. He's trusting. God knows what he's doing. And uh, Daniel is forced to serve this guy, and he realizes that when he's told he can't pray or worship this God anymore, and he continues to do so, and he's thrown into the lion's den, and God saves him from that lion's den. Uh, even Darius, at that time the Persian king who had conquered the Babylonians, is forced to acknowledge Daniel's God is greater than mm -hmm. any God, mm -hmm. and everyone must worship Daniel's God. Earlier, when Daniel's friends are thrown into the fiery furnace, mm -hmm. well, here again, as I say in the book, the one who created the sun didn't think much of the one who created the furnace. Mm. That doesn't hold a candle, literally. <laughs> So God delivers these young men from the fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar was forced to admit, yes, Daniel's God is greater than our God. Uh, again, even in that circumstance, in a foreign country, uh, controlled and even serving a foreign king, these young men uh, demonstrate that the sovereign Lord is greater than any human authority. So that's what the book of Daniel is about in an unusual circumstance in another country where this is being demonstrated. Right. The, the, the God's people are in exile and the right. remnant gets to come back. And, and of course, great prophetic themes are, are, are coming out all the way through. Let's go back to the story. What we're told in the text is that Nebuchadnezzar and his minions with him see one like a son of man mm -hmm. in there with Daniel's friends. Now, in Hebrew, uh, the phrase son of means belonging to the category of. So when, we're, when you hear something like um, uh, son of righteousness, it means you belong to the category of righteousness. So you're righteous. If you hear son of God, uh, a title for Jesus, it means you belong to the category of God. You're a deity. You're, you're divine. And if you hear 
son of man, it means you belong to the human category. You're, you're human. But they say we see one like a son of man, one like a human being in there with these other guys. So it's this divine manifestation in human form, a pre-incarnate visible manifestation of God in human outline, like a son of man. You just said a mouthful. Yeah. And a very profound mouthful <laughs> at that point. This concept of God showing up in some kind of a human form goes all the way back to Genesis. I mean, it, in the garden. Mm -hmm. There was this pre-incarnate form of, 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 of God showing up, not broadly as Christ does today, but showing up with God's people one by one in individual instances all through the Old Testament. God always makes his presence obvious to his people. Uh, we're told in the book of Hebrews right at the beginning, God appeared to us in various ways at various times mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. But in these last days, he has appeared to us most clearly in his son, yes. who is the exact representation of his being. So if God somehow manifested himself in the Old Testament, we have it wonderfully better now when we have the exact representation of his being in Jesus Christ. But going back to Daniel, God asserting his authority over human kingdoms, we see that fulfilled in Christ, and we can go right to the well-known passage of the Great Commission where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Hmm. So this divine authority, the Son of God and Son of Man, the one who is both human and divine, says all of this divine authority has been given to me, therefore go. And so we're sent not in our own authority, but in this one who has authority over every human kingdom. Mm. We go forward in his name with his words, uh, with a divine power, a divine authority behind everything we say. Uh, and as Paul said, we've been made ambassadors, God's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Mm-hmm. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, around mm -hmm. verses 17 through 20. Yes. So we have the authority delegated to us by this all-powerful divine king and redelegated through his son, who, to whom that authority was given, and whose spirit we have indwelling us, to go forth with this message. And that's the encouragement to believers. The same God who delivered Daniel's friends, who delivered Daniel from the lion's den, who asserted his and demonstrated his authority over Babylonian kings and Persian kings. The same God who demonstrated his authority and power over death itself by raising his son from the dead. That God sends us forward with his power to communicate his message. Mm. Michael Williams. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. The program series this week, The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. And I hope you have found our time with Dr. Michael Williams as helpful as I did. And it's that sort of insight that you get when you read his book. He shows you what each book of the Bible is about, but also how it leads you in every book to Jesus. And, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons I like the book of Daniel so much. In a day of uncertainty, war and terrorism, isn't it a comfort to know that Christ rules over all the kingdoms of the earth? You and I need to hear that again and again. I'm sure of that. So let's take a minute to think about a famous passage in Daniel, chapter 2. Remember the story? Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, lying awake, 
troubled by a dream. So he called in his wise men there into his bedchamber to see if they could interpret what he had dreamed. But beyond just interpreting it, he wanted them to tell him what it was. After all, he thinks if they really have divine power, they should be able to know what he dreamed without him having to tell them what he dreamed. And they couldn't do it, of course. Their gods were worthless idols. Have you ever heard a young child confidently declare that they can do something, only to come up way short? I think of one kid in my neighborhood who said he could dunk a basketball in a 10-foot hoop. We were nine years old. Turns out he couldn't, not even close. And no matter what he said, he was found out. Well, that's the wise men in this story. They're boastful little kids who have been found out. But there is a God, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel. And Daniel comes to the king and asks for time to go and pray. And the one true God revealed the secrets of the king's dream to Daniel. So Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar exactly what he had dreamed. And you read about it in Daniel 2, verses 31 through 35. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, the chest and arms of silver, and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the entire earth. Yahweh also told his servant Daniel what the dream meant. The Lord had given Nebuchadnezzar immense earthly power. He ruled the greatest kingdom of the world at that time. His kingdom was the head of gold in the statue, but his rule would not last. After him, another kingdom would rise to take Babylon's place, a weaker kingdom, and then another weaker still. He's talking about the Persians and the Greeks, but then the Romans would come, and they would be the strongest kingdom yet, a kingdom of iron. But that's not the final word. In verse 44, Daniel says, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to other people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. That's how Nebuchadnezzar knew that God ruled over him. The Lord was able to tell him and interpret these mysteries. And one day, someone would come who would bring into being an unbreakable kingdom, an unending kingdom. And we know who that is. His name is Jesus. He rules over all things, even over the warring, restless nations of a fallen world. That's how Daniel points us to Christ. After all, 
The whole story is all about him. Gettys, Keith and Kristen from their sing live at their Getty Music Conference and Jesus Shall Reign on this haven today, the Bible through the Jesus lens. And a special thanks once again to Dr. Michael Williams for joining me here on the program. I think you'll enjoy his book called How to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Michael takes each book of the Bible and simply explains it in four pages by showing the main points of the book and then how each book points to Christ. It's a great resource. I've used it many times. It's helped me understand the Bible better, and I know it will do the same for you as well. So here's our number that you can call right now. We are a listener-supported ministry. I don't want to just ask for your gift. I'd like to share a valuable resource with you as our thanks for your gift. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. 
or online for how to read the Bible through the Jesus Lens, our web address, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And remember, we have another resource that helps you see how all the Bible is all about Jesus. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Every story whispers his name. This deluxe edition with the audiobook is available for your gift to the ministry as well. And finally, why don't you walk with me and pray with me where Jesus walked and prayed and taught. We're going the end of November. Find out details by going to our website and clicking on the banner at the top of the homepage. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Suffering, we all experience it. No one is immune. And one of the oldest questions that Christians have asked has to do with why we suffer. After all, the Lord is all-powerful. He created and sustains all things, and He is good. We even read in the Bible that God is love. But why do His people suffer? How can we make any sense out of tragedies? Well, 2,000 years ago, the greatest tragedy of all happened. God the Son crucified on a Roman cross. But as Isaiah prophesied, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. God brought the greatest good imaginable out of the worst tragedy. We can trust him. Try out Anchor Devotional today in print. Visit getanchor.com.